0: Thanks for joining us in our journey of talking with God. Our goal is to encourage people to pray more often and to shed the stigma that talking with God is complicated or has some special formula. There is no special sauce. God, our Father, is there to listen to us in all seasons. Whether you're in a happy mood or maybe you are facing some struggles and find yourself angry at the world, or even God Himself, He is still there. Each week we bring you a single prayer from a single person. They can choose to remain anonymous or provide their identity. That part is not important. What is important, however, is their prayer. We all pray differently, and our goal each episode is to show you how this one person prays to God. We hope you enjoy your time here with us. If you do enjoy the content, then please subscribe to our podcast for future episodes. Thank you for joining me here again on Talking With God. I want to say how thankful that I am for you taking time out of your day to spend it with me. You know, last episode, I wrapped up the path of prayer, and I talked about the prayer life for our servant leaders, and those are pastors or deacons or someone in your local church that has influence. I also talked about some exciting news, and my intention was to reveal that exciting news to you, but the delay in the episodes has been due to the coronavirus pandemic that we face on a global scale, so I do want to apologize for that, because in the last two weeks, I've had to start working from home, and that has certainly been an adjustment. Not only for me, but for my family and the companies we work for. Times have been challenging, not only professionally, but the COVID-19 virus has affected the entire world. It's upended our day-to-day routines. Businesses have to close their doors and people are being laid off because simply the business can't afford to pay them. And churches are not exempt from that. Churches are being told not to congregate. And that's something that I want to touch on. I've seen people on social media complain about this. Why does the church have to be closed? And there are even churches staying open on the premise that shutting their doors is an attack on religion. Or it's from some politically motivated mandate that is using the virus to control a church. Does that really carry weight here? I mean, are churches outside the law when we have a mandate like this? Well, I want to share with you what I believe. I believe that in extreme circumstances, such as a viral pandemic, where congregating will have a high potential of killing you by some unseeable thing like a virus, warrants the law taking precedence. Each religion struggles with this. Catholics, for instance, want to pray in front of the Eucharist. And shutting down churches makes that very difficult. But is it really worth keeping the church open? So, let's get out of our religious mindset for a moment, if you will. And just stay with me and allow me to give you an idea of what happens if we keep physical church locations open and COVID-19 ravages those congregations. We have to consider the optics of that. A church, a physical church location, is stubbornly keeping its doors open to everyone. A visitor or a church member has COVID-19 and they don't know it. They come in and pray. Maybe they sneeze or have rubbed their nose at some point. They could be coughing. The actual method, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that they are touching things. They are around people. They have the virus. But because it's time to show up can be anywhere from one to 14 days, they're not going to know about it. The church isn't going to know about it. And so they come in and, and they worship or they're seeking God. And those are the things that we really do want them to do. But then let's say that the church has a service. Now you have other people touching those things. And then a week later, those people are exponentially infected. Now, this has actually happened in New York at a Jewish temple. I'm not giving you supposition. I'm giving you the reality of something that really happened and just puts on point why we have to close the church doors, why we've migrated to online church services for the time being. So let's go a step further, right? Let's say someone who's not saved, but is is seeking God. You know, they're they're led to that physical church location and They contract COVID-19 from someone and now they begin getting sick. Well, that person seeking God becomes very sick. They see that their sickness is linked to the church because other people at the church got sick. And so then they decide that God's a lie and that he punished them instead of saving them. And then they die and then their soul is lost. And that's all because we kept the doors open in defiance of sound science and clean practices. And it doesn't stop there. The media is going to grab hold of that. Anti-religion, and it doesn't have to be anti-Christian, but anti-religious organizations are going to have a field day with that. And that doesn't just affect the church that you're at. It affects every church. It affects every place that we physically meet to worship and gather. And it doesn't just affect Christianity. It affects every religion. And it will for years to come. So Christ himself, he didn't teach about the church being a building. He taught us about the kingdom of heaven. And throughout the Gospels, you can find Jesus teaching on the characteristics of his kingdom. People, as they reflect the character of God in the world. That is what his kingdom is. And I'll say that again. Christ's kingdom are people that reflect the character of God in this world. Now, the church was never about brick and mortar. It's always been greater than that. It was about a way of being in the world. And that's why the followers of Jesus didn't call what they were doing Christianity. They called it the way. They were the followers of the way. You know, Jesus tells Peter he is the rock of the church in Matthew 16, verses 17 and 18. He affirms his disciple Peter's faith and character and says that he will be the foundation of the kingdom community as it grows. The physical building we call a church has some great benefits though right we can worship in comfort it's not like the disciples who were holding worship in catacombs because they were fearful of persecution it gives us a centralized location for meeting we don't have to schedule times to meet at this place one week and at this other place the next and it also allows us to develop programs that do social goods while spreading the gospel our church does all kinds of events as a community outreach and having a physical building Makes all of that stuff super convenient, but it's not the church, and it never will be. Now, I'm saying all of that, and I just want you to be clear that I don't believe that a church is not necessary. A physical church is not necessary. It absolutely is. I'm a social butterfly. I don't know a stranger. My wife will tell you that. But at the same time, I like being where I am now and and living and doing work for God. I want to do that. So sometimes we have to make a sacrifice about a physical location so that we can serve in a spiritual manner. So the Greek word ecclesia refers to the gathered ones or believers called into the community with God. And the book of Acts ascribes emotions and actions to the church. For example, Acts 5.11 says, great fear seized the whole church. And Acts 15.3 said that the church sent them on their way. And when you look at it this way, you're not going to church. You are the church. Buildings don't have feelings, and they certainly can't send you somewhere. So, can we agree that closing the doors to the physical locations of churches, while painful, is the right move to make right now? I mean, isn't it? The Bible is how God reveals himself to us. What is there is what God wants us to know. Jesus was clear that we, the people, are the kingdom. We, the people are the church by closing the physical locations we're ensuring that our church remains strong not stricken friends i love you and i want you to know that while we cannot meet and greet face to face we can meet online and many churches like my own at hudson first are doing that and the great thing is is your church wherever you attend doesn't need a fancy setup you can just whip out your phone get a tripod and live stream it sure There may not be a worship band or any pomp and circumstance that some of us may be used to or expect, but let's be real. What your pastor is relaying to you from the Bible is far more important than all of those things. COVID-19 is a difficult thing for us right now, but it is absolutely temporary. Jesus gives us access to the divinity of God, and your pastor and church leaders light that path for you. It doesn't matter if it's physical or digital in times like this. What matters is that we recognize and lean in to the fact that God is here with us. Jesus gave us a model to work with in how we live our lives. And I'd like to read an excerpt from Father James Martin. He's a Jesuit priest, and he said the following. We believe that Jesus is fully divine and fully human, yet we sometimes overlook the second part. Jesus of Nazareth was born into a world of illness. In her book, Stone and Dung, Oil and Spit, about daily life in first century Galilee, Jody Magnus, a scholar of early Judaism, calls the milieu in which Jesus lived filthy, malodorous, and unhealthy. John Dominic Crossan and Jonathan L. Reed, scholars of the historical background of Jesus, sum up these conditions in a sobering sentence in their book called Excavating Jesus a case of the flu, a bad cold, or an abscessed tooth could kill. This was Jesus' world. In his public ministry, Jesus continually sought out those who were sick. Most of his miracles were healings from illnesses and disabilities, debilitating skin conditions under the rubric of leprosy, epilepsy, a woman's flow of blood, a withered hand, dropsy, blindness, deafness, paralysis. In these frightening times, Christians may find comfort in knowing that when they pray to Jesus, they are praying to someone who understands them, not only because he is divine and knows all things, but because he is human and experienced all things. But those who are not Christian can also see him as a model for care of the sick. Needless to say, when caring for someone with coronavirus, One should take the necessary precautions in order not to pass on the infection. But for Jesus, the sick or dying person was not the other, not one to be blamed, but our brother and sister. When Jesus saw a person in need, the Gospels tell us that his heart was moved with pity. He is a model for how we are to care during the crisis, with hearts moved by pity. So, I'm just going to take a moment to summarize everything before signing off. You are the church, not the building. The physical church doors are closed, but it's to protect you and everyone else. Don't let the doors of your church close you off to others. Encourage people to watch an online service, share it on social media, and send it to your one, inviting them to join you digitally. And don't stop tithing if you can. I know the economic stability of the world and in personal lives is compromised. But the church is still there. They're working to serve you and everyone that needs them, regardless of their soul's position right now. And lastly, God loves you. Jesus loves you. And I love you. I only have one last favor to ask. Will you pray with me? God... We are living in difficult times. The world is being affected by a foe that is microscopic but devastating. It doesn't care whether it infects a lost or found person. Your children and those that have not found you are being devastated, and the world is fearful of what will happen. You are amazing and powerful. Your ways are incomprehensible to even the most studied theologians. You gave your son up to adopt us, and these things show the heart of who you are, your grace, your righteousness, and the peace that we can find in you. It's my prayer that instead of running from you, we fall into you more. Ignite a passion to seek you out as we battle something that we do not fully understand. Please give us and our leaders the wisdom of Solomon. As we navigate how to live during this pandemic, keep us safe, keep us devoted, and help us be a rock in the storm for others. Faith is knowing that our knowledge is not on par with yours and still having the heart to remain completely devoted to the hope that we have in Christ. We love you, Father, and we pray In Jesus Christ, your Son's holy name, amen. Thank you again for taking time out of your day to spend with us. Can I ask a small favor? Okay, well, maybe it's a couple, but they are really important. First, can you subscribe to us? Second, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, can you give us a rating and let us know how we're doing? That helps our podcast get discovered, and if I'm honest, it makes us feel good too. Even if it's just a one star out of five, it's crucial feedback so that we can improve. One last thing, can you share this with your family or friends? We're on all major podcast platforms, and even if it's just two people, maybe your whole Facebook or Twitter, whatever you're comfortable with, we're happy to have that. It would mean the world to us, because every little bit helps us get discovered and allows us to share God's message to the world. We hope that by sharing this prayer with you, that you are encouraged to pray more often and more comfortably, and most importantly, your relationship with God grows in talking with Him. If you'd like to share a prayer, check out the link below and contact us. We love you and hope that you visit us again next week.